Today we are closing out our Kingdom Builders series where we've been talking about stewardship, obedience, sacrifice, generosity, money, and it's been a really, really important series. Today we get to close this out and celebrate a bunch of things that God is doing through this church, and we get to take up our end of year Kingdom Builders offering. And the heart behind this offering is every single one of us asking this question, God, based on everything that you have given me, everything belongs to the Lord, right? Everything that you then have placed in my hands, what would you have me do this year to build your kingdom, not just mine? And this is a really amazing, exciting day and weekend and series. And I also know at the same time, there's some of you right now that are like, I'll fight you, man. I'll just fight you right now. Bringing up money in church, you're gonna take up an offering? Seriously? I brought a friend for the first time and you're gonna talk about money and take up an offering today. Or maybe this is your first time. We do this every single year. And it, the first year for me, I kind of dreaded like knowing that this was coming and we were gonna challenge our church and ask people to be sacrificial and invest into what God's doing through this church. And it's become a joy for me because I've seen what it's done in my life and the lives of other people. But I also know that we all have a reaction when money comes up in church, right? Money comes up, a lot of people are like, how dare you bring up money in church? How dare you think that I would invest money into a church? But yeah, you can watch my kid for an hour. I'll trust you with my kid, but I won't trust you with my money, right? Jesus is pretty clear when he talks about money. There's a story where he's talking to the Pharisees and he's saying things like, hey, if you can be trusted with a little bit, you can be trusted with more. But if you can't be trusted with what's in your hands, how can God trust you with the true riches, the kingdom riches? God's not looking for vaults. He's looking for vessels to build his kingdom through. And Jesus turns to the Pharisees and he tells them, hey, here's a fact for you guys. It's not a command. This is a fact. You cannot serve both God and money. You can't do it. You'll either love one and hate the other. You'll despise one and hate the other. Jesus gets in our face about money and we react to it. It says in the story that the Pharisees literally sneer at Jesus in the story. Like, ugh. I don't know what sneering really is. I guess you're like making faces at him, like walking out of his sermon. I watched people walk out of Doug's sermon, real talk about God and money. I watched people walk out. I always am hopeful, optimistically, when I see people walking out during a sermon, I'm like, they just have to go to the bathroom. But when they grab all their stuff and their family, you're like, you're headed to the parking lot. I know that there's some different audiences that come into a message about money in church. And some of you may fall in the audience of kingdom skeptics. That maybe you're skeptical about Christians, you're skeptical about church, maybe you have a story when it comes to the church and money, I've just brought up money and you're just going, oh, of course. The church just wants our money. And if you're a kingdom skeptic in here, I wanna invite you to stay and today get to observe a bunch of imperfect people with kingdom dreams and what's happening in this church. And I've been praying for you that there would be some redemption in your life. If you have had a bad church experience, especially around money, if there's some baggage there, that there'd be some healing through what God is doing in this place. And I wanna continue to build some trust when it comes to the integrity of this church. I know that a lot of churches are very vague about finances and you wonder some things and I get to the privilege of overseeing the day-to-day -day finances of Red Rocks Austin. And so with integrity and confidence, I can invite you into something like an offering because I know what we're doing. I have the massive help of a central CFO who oversees the finances of all of Red Rocks Church. We have two staff members devoted to the financial department of this church. We have an external financial board of people who are not on staff but are invested into the mission of Red Rocks and our financial experts and all our fi finances pass through them. We audit ourselves every single year. Anybody, do, anybody done a company audit before? 
It is painstaking. They want every receipt. They track every cent, and we choose to do that every single year. There are multiple eyes on every transaction in this place, including the mints that are out by the cafe. Multiple eyes see those transactions. And here's why. Because this is God's money, and you don't mess with God's money. You steward it. We don't bury it. We steward it for his kingdom, and we take stewardship very, very seriously at Red Rocks Church so that you know our heart. It is a heart of invitation, not obligation. I'm not gonna go while we're taking the offering later and be like, hey, so I noticed you didn't put an envelope in there. What's going on? There's no invoices going out today. There is no obligation. We have a method of stewardship, a heart of invitation, and our hands are open. We're not gonna call you to be vessels and be a church that's a vault. And that's why we say things like, hey, if you can't pay for groceries today, take cash out of those baskets. Hey, if you don't wanna give to this church, we're not trying to keep the lights on at Red Rock Church, we're trying to build the kingdom of God. And so if you feel called to another church, if you have a home church, you should invest there because the church is Jesus' plan for the world. But if you're in this place, if you feel a hint of obligation or manipulation, please don't give here. I'll throw the slide back up, give to one of these other churches in Austin. We would love for you to bring a kingdom builder's offering to one of these churches. They're making heaven more crowded, they're on the same team, they're part of this with us. We are trying to raise up a generous generation of Christians who put our money where our mouth is and show the world who Jesus is through our time and our treasure and our talents. That's what we're about. Not obligating you to give here so that we can pay a bill. There's so much more. I'm thankful when this series comes up, I always think back to over a decade ago, Doug and Ryan and I were in the middle of Africa in a village having together to decide how to spend $1. How to steward $1. People had supported us to go into the mission field. And we had to have a discussion about how to spend $1. God had trusted us with very little. And I'm so thankful for those experiences because now we're entrusted to lead a church and it's our honor and our privilege to steward this. And we don't mess with God's money, we steward it. And he's taught us that lesson again and again. And so for some of you kingdom skeptics in here, sit back and enjoy the story of a bunch of imperfect people with pure hearts when it comes to our finances and kingdom dreams and what God's up to. The second audience that's probably in here is some kingdom spectators. That maybe you like coming to church, you like hearing the cool stories of what the church is up to, but you haven't gotten personally involved and invested into the kingdom of God. And if that's you, again, no obligation, no shame. I've been in each of these audiences. I've, I've been the sneerer. I've been the guy when money comes up like, ugh, here we go. And then I got involved with the church community and I saw this amazing family of people that were building the kingdom and I loved hearing those stories, but eventually I got to the point that I was like, I wanna be a part of that. And so there's no obligation for you if you would maybe be a kingdom spectator, but my prayer for you is that at some point, maybe this will be the time in your life when you get off the sidelines and come onto the field with your time, with your treasure, with your talents, because I know what you'll find. And we can find it in a two sentence parable. Jesus is that good of a teacher, two sentences. It can get, he can give us a whole sermon on the kingdom of God. In Matthew 13, Jesus says this, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. That's the scripture today. If you're gonna hold on to one scripture, hold on to that. <clears throat> now, this is a very simple parable with a simple meaning, but it's kind of a strange story. This guy discovers some treasure, and then he's like, oh, I gotta go sell my stuff so I can buy this field. Why doesn't he just take the treasure? So with a little context, 
back when Jesus is teaching this parable, people did not have Chase Bank. There weren't steel safes in people's houses. So if you had treasure, if you had something valuable, what you would do is bury it in the ground because then nobody else would know where it was. That was the safest place you could keep your treasure was burying it somewhere. And that's why I suppose for centuries, pirates and kids from the Outer Banks have been discovering treasure all over the world <laughs> because people buried it and then maybe they forgot about it or maybe they died or whatever. So there's treasure buried in the ground. And it's actually a pretty good method. And this story makes me think of my wife's grandfather. He was a guy who always had his pocket knife, always. And he went to a Cowboys game at Jerry World and he went through the metal detector to get into the stadium and it beeped because he had his pocket knife and he didn't even think about it. So the people are like, well, sir, you can't bring a knife into a football game. So you're gonna have to throw it away. And he said, no, I'm not throwing away my pocket knife. So he left the line, went back out of the stadium, found a flower bed, dug a hole, put his pocket knife in it and buried it. And then after the game, he went back and got it. It works. Okay, so that's what people were doing back then. What would happen is if someone discovered treasure and no one knew whose it was, it technically belonged to whoever owned the field. Whoever owned that land, that treasure then belonged to them. So in this case, the pocket knife, if discovered, would have belonged to Jerry Jones. Now, the point of this story is not property rights, but it makes a little more sense of it because the point of the story is the value of the kingdom of God. John Piper says it like this when talking about this parable, the kingdom of God is so valuable that losing everything on earth but getting the kingdom is a happy trade-off. That's what this man discovers. Whatever it takes to be with this treasure, that's where it's at. And it begs the question, can you buy your way into the kingdom? Can you bribe God with your money or with your good works? No. The really cool wrinkle to this story is the guy telling the story is the one who has the VIP passes into this kingdom. And he goes first and gives everything so that you can inherit it. He sells out, gives up his life to make possible for you to inherit the kingdom of heaven and invites you to build it with him, hands you this treasure to steward and build. This guy discovers what I'm praying is felt in this place when it comes to talking about this kind of stuff. Let's read it again. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again and then in his joy, went and sold all he had and bought that field. It's his joy to sell everything, to give up everything for this treasure. His joy, not his obligation. I contrast his posture with the Pharisees, the sneerers, how different those responses are. Like, ugh, Jesus, this kingdom talk, sneer. <laughs> with this guy who discovers this treasure and he's like, this is it. He, like so many of us, maybe a skeptic or a spectator, a human being is searching the world, looking for something, value, purpose, life. And he discovers this treasure and goes, this is it. Everything else I'll give up because I want this. And it's his joy to do so. And that's why I'm confident to invite you into building the kingdom with us because of the joy that I know you'll find. Paul says it this way in Philippians 3, whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ, right? This is the story of the early church. They all sold everything. They gave everything they had. They all just pitched in because what could be more important than the world knowing our friend Jesus? It takes a move. You've got to experience this for yourself. When you discover this and you start to see the goodness of the kingdom of God, you taste it. Then you start to experience this joy. In my life, it started as an act of obedience, as a kingdom spectator kind of seeing it and going, okay, I want to be invested into this. I'll give some time. <clears throat> what about my treasure? 
My first job, my first salary ministry job, I got made $25,000 a year living in Denver, Colorado. Can't really find a tighter budget than that. And I made the decision, I'm called to tithe, so I'm gonna do it. And it was painful. It felt like this act of obedience. And I started making that a faithful routine in my life. Went from obedience to faithfulness. And I can tell you this, I didn't get rich, but I found peace, found joy, found freedom. And this part of my life that I'd always been kind of like this, sneering, I found freedom. And it went from this like, okay, I'm faithfully doing this to like, what else can I do? God, what more do you have for me? As an owner of the kingdom, as, as partial owner of this kingdom, I wanna keep building this. Give me more and it turned to generosity. But there's been times in my story where I kind of sneer a little bit and have this mentality. I'm a human being. That's why I feel like God's brought me to my wife, <clears throat> why we met in the first place, because she opens my hands all the time. My wife is not a shopper, and I praise God every single day for that. <laughs> I'm grateful for that. But there are two line items in our budget that she can always get into the red for us. The first one is our kids. She can just find a toy anywhere that our kids should have. And there's a metaphor somewhere in here about a loving parent, like a loving father who just wants to lavish gifts on his kids, I'm sure. Sometimes she's irresponsible. <laughs> when my son, Zeke, he's four, when he got into the Cars movies, he started like, you know, getting some of those actual Lightning McQueen and stuff like that. My wife would be up late at night and she's like, hey, look at this, Doc Hudson on eBay, $50 special edition. <laughs> like, did you just wake me up to show me a fictitious character car? It's only 50 bucks, Zeke needs it. I'm like, does he need it? I just tripped over 100 of his cars walking to our room after I put him to bed. But that's her heart for our kids and she will always keep our offerings line item in the red. When we got married, we were, non we were nonprofit people and we're like, all right, well, God's entrusted us with a little, but we're gonna budget this. We're gonna steward it well and we're always gonna tithe. So we have that line item. We'll always tithe at least a tenth to our local church, always. But then we made an offerings budget to go above and beyond for other things that God might open the door for us to do. And my wife is the person that can always find the person on the street corner that she wants to buy food for. She will always send that gift card for Grubhub to a friend who's in a bad time. She's always finding causes, things that we need to invest into. And there have been times, I hate to admit, where she's brought something up to me and I'm just like, sneer, like, no, let's not. It's gonna stretch us, but I've needed that. I've needed her, her generosity in my life to open my hands back up and the joy that we've experienced together, the wins, the moments of realizing that we are invested into the kingdom of God, I wouldn't trade those for any amount of money. And that's why I'm confident to invite you into what we're doing because I know the integrity of this place and because I know the joy of stewardship and generosity. I know what this man found and getting to build the kingdom of God. And so for the rest of this message, this is gonna I feel like a business meeting. I'm gonna invite you to a shareholders meeting where we're gonna go and talk about all the amazing things that have happened this year. The amazing things that God has done through Red Rocks Austin in 2023. And for you kingdom skeptics, again, there's no obligation, there's no manipulation. I'm just happy you're here. And I'm praying there's some redemption in your story when it comes to your relationship with the church today that you get to celebrate with us what it looks like when a bunch of imperfect people come together with pure hearts and kingdom dreams. For you spectators, man, I just encourage you to see if God gets your heart beating for something. Maybe a specific thing, maybe this church, maybe another church, maybe somewhere else. 
This might be that time in your life where you go, I'm getting on the field. I'm gonna go build the kingdom with my time and my treasure and my talents. And for all of the kingdom builders in this church, those of you that so faithfully give here, serve here, make this all this beautiful story, thank you. And I hope you get to celebrate and revel in the joy of what we get to do as a church family. So I'm bringing a report to you guys. If I had an ideal job title, it would be EROI Maximizer to maximize the eternal return on your investment at this church. With Doug and Ryan, the, the joy of our lives is to get to cut checks and send checks to people and do things that we get to do to build the kingdom of God, to say, God, with what you've placed in the hands of this church, how can we have the most eternal impact? And it's happening in this place. Starting with our mission, big picture. If you wanna know what Red Rocks is all about, we exist to make heaven more crowded by helping people know God, live on purpose, and go change the world. Take a picture of that, memorize that, that's what we're about. Bringing people to know God. And this year, through Red Rocks Austin, our services, our God Behind Bars campus, an app called Pando that takes our services into prisons all over the country, we as a church family have seen 840 people put their faith in Jesus. You guys get ready to just clap today. We're gonna celebrate today. Sometimes services here feel a little bit like you guys are all playing a big quiet game. Not today, that's not gonna work today because we're celebrating what the Lord has done through this family. 840 people put their faith in Jesus this year through this church family. Eternities changed, people meeting Jesus. 256 of those people declared their faith publicly through baptism in this place in the best services of the year. And there's gonna be a lot of information today, a lot of numbers, and I know I've heard people that are like, oh, church shouldn't be about numbers, it's not about numbers. No, we're not all about numbers, but these numbers matter because these numbers represent people, souls, eternity has changed. These numbers matter, we count them because they matter to us, every single person in this place. That's a lot of lost sheep coming home. And that's why it matters that we pack this place especially on Sundays. Just wanna remind you guys, we do have Saturday services. We'd love for some of you to come to that. You don't care, I know. But it matters that you bring your friends and your coworkers because they come to know Jesus. It matters. It's been cool to watch this place grow this year. On average, we have 1,779 people on any given weekend at this church. This was 30 of us in a community center down the street from my house five years ago. And that matters because on days like Easter, when 3,943 people came to a service here, it matters because 131 people in one weekend put their faith in Jesus. Man, that's awesome. I was also really encouraged that 169 people scanned that new here QR code that's up for like four seconds at the beginning of every service when we get up here to welcome you, but, but that's people who are looking for a home that you invite and they show up and they go, okay, I wanna know more about this place. I like this family. I wanna get involved here. And that next step to get involved, because we're not just in the business of trying to like get people to show up and raise hands. Right? We wanna be a small church with a lot of people because as this place gets more crowded, heaven gets more crowded, but it's not just about that moment. It's about discipleship. It's about a life with Jesus that we get to live out. And that next step to get plugged in here and learn more about this place and call this place home and build the kingdom with us is our welcome party. And this year, 848 people went to welcome party. That's crazy. Taking extra time to learn more about this place and consider getting plugged into a team, to a group, incredible. Let's talk about the next generation of this church. When it comes to Red Rocks kids, we do not babysit your kids, we disciple them. 
We don't do childcare, we do services for our kids. And I can speak to that as a parent. My four-year-old this year on Easter, he was not talking about the Easter bunny. He, he was asking me about the cross and the tomb. He's getting discipled in there. There's been times where he's asking me theological questions that I'm like, how could I possibly know the answer to this? What is Eric and the team teaching you in there? C.S. Lewis lives in my house now. He's four years old, okay. We love getting to disciple the next generation. And every weekend, on a given weekend, we average 130 kids that we are getting to disciple and give them a foundation of knowing Jesus in this place. 130 kids. We've had 5,831 check-ins. What that, that's a lot of the same kids coming every single week, right? But what that means is that's 5,831 hours, individual hours of lives of the next generation that they are experiencing the love of Jesus. Thanks to 162 volunteers who Eric told me have changed 2,583 diapers this year. If you serve in Red Rocks Kids, would you stand up real quick? Stand up, Red Rocks Kids, come on. Volunteers, come on. Listen, stay standing, stay standing. These people, these volunteers, literally put up with your kids' crap on a weekend so you can be in here, okay? Thank you, guys, thank you. We also, this year in Red Rocks Kids, we got to open up a sensory room and start training volunteers to be one-on-one -on -one buddies for kids with special needs. It's been so cool. We have about nine or 10 kids right now that are, are coming to church now because they have a buddy and their parents get to come in here and worship. We had a, a couple that told us this is the first time in five years we've gotten to go to church together. And we are praying that God would just bring more families with kids with special needs, more people with special needs into this church because we need them. They are valuable members of the body of Christ and we wanna make every way for them to experience God with us here on a weekend. And shout out to my beautiful wife and the amazing team that has made that ministry possible. Let's talk RRYX, because you gotta have a cool name for youth, right? Red Rocks Youth ATX. I've, this week, I was literally sitting in the coffee shop writing a sermon, I'm like, what does that stand for? Why do they call it that? Red Rocks Youth, we launched this last year. And uh, we didn't really have any teenagers coming to the church at the time, but we were like, we gotta start a youth group, because we believe in the next generation. And right now, we're seeing about 35 kids show up on a Wednesday night. We got to baptize 11 teenagers a few weeks ago. I don't know about you, but that's not what I was doing when I was a teenager. That's not what I was up to. I remember last year, there was a night when a bunch of volunteers and Andrew and our youth team, they put a ton of work into this awesome night for the youth kids and one kid showed up. And it reminded me of preaching during ACL the first year of our church. Or you're looking around like, God, we're trying to be like, guess you're trusting us with a little, right? Here's what those volunteers did that night, what that team did that night. They went all in for that one kid. And I think God has continued to honor that because they go all out for whatever kids show up every week. And now more kids are showing up. And we believe this is just the start of a move of God. This next generation, I see some of these kids right here. Jax is back there. He's the guy running all these slides today. He's a teenager who's a leader for the kingdom. Here's what I know about this generation. They're fed up with what the world is feeding them. They want the real thing. They're looking for Jesus and we're gonna do everything we can to let them find him in this church. We wanna be on the front lines of equipping the next generation to take the church farther than we ever did. That's what we're all about. So shout out to our Red Rocks youth team and everybody that's a part of it and our students. 
When you look at the mission of this church, what we do and why we do it, then you kind of ask like, how does this all happen? And my first answer to you is our volunteers. We have 380 people that serve across 14 different teams. We had 212 people join teams this year that make this all happen. If you serve at this church, would you stand up real quick on any team? Would you stand up real quick so we can thank you for what you do? Showing up early, staying late, giving your time to build the kingdom. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. We just got to have our Christmas party, the most ridiculous Christmas party you could ever imagine and have a bunch of them in the room. These are all these people, amazing people that give their time to this place. Thank you. There's no better way to live on purpose, in my opinion, than serving and then with community, doing it together. Walking out faith together, so let's talk about groups. Over three semesters this year, we launched 281 total groups. 1,622 people found family in this place. I know there's some double dippers in that number. But man, it's, that's, that's people that aren't just getting fed once a week coming here for a service, but are walking out their faith, living out their faith in community. That's the way we're meant to live it. Life change happens in circles, not rows. We're just finishing a semester right now with 105 groups that we're meeting, thanks to 160 leaders. If you lead a group or you're a group coach, would you stand up real quick so we can thank you? Thank you. Thank you for leading the charge of discipleship in this church. One of the fun ways we do groups is sports. We like sports and we don't care who knows. And this year we had 56 different teams playing in the city, 409 athletes, which is probably a generous term for people that went out and played sports together in this church family. And I say that because we play in some city leagues and there weren't many trophies that were brought back here this year. And I want you all to know if you play sports here, man, it's about Jesus, it's about community, and it's about winning. This is a winning church, so let's see some trophies next year, okay? I know that might sound like kind of a less significant type of ministry, but the amount of testimonies of people who found their faith that started on a field are tremendous. Somebody who was playing volleyball and realized that not all Christians are weird and that they actually are loving, cool people and that they could come be a part of a community, got invited to build the kingdom, got saved, got baptized through sports. We love our sports ministry. And talking about living on purpose in discipleship, we get to offer classes, midweek classes here. We had Financial Peace University, the Newports teaching Bible classes, the Weckin Bros with their brainstorm mental health class. And we had 1,505 people take classes this year. That's people growing deeper in their faith, finding purpose and things like finances. Let me highlight Financial Peace University. You can sign up in the lobby today. And a reminder, it is free for you to take. There's free childcare and free resources through Ramsey Plus, thanks to some generous people in this church. This past year, 78 people went all the way and graduated FPU and together paid off $190,829 in debt and saved $181,588. In the history of FPU, we've graduated 221 people that have paid off nearly $300,000 of debt and saved over $300,000. That's incredible. What that means is that's people who are moving from a life of survival mode and paycheck to paycheck to starting to thrive in their finances and do things God's way and see him bless them and bring freedom into their lives and learning stewardship. We don't wanna just call you to be kingdom builders and be stewards, we wanna equip you to do so. And so sign up for that class. We also need some more leaders because we have so many people signing up for FPU right now. So if you've taken FPU, if you wanna help lead in FPU, we would love to have you. You can talk to the team at the table after this. Okay, that was all stuff that's just happened right in these walls. Let's talk beyond these four walls. Some people may walk into a church like ours and they think like, I don't know why they need the screens and the cameras and the lights. 
let me put some purpose to technology for you and why we value excellence, especially with technology in the digital age in this church. Because on average right now, 248 people are able to join us online for a service. We had our biggest weekend ever. We had 394 people join us last week online from other places in the world. We're able to take the gospel beyond these four walls. 11,923 people joined live services this year. We have had 173,872 views of sermons from this church. People actually watched them. 48,678 hours and 12 minutes of people that are hearing the gospel thanks to technology and the internet being a tool that we can leverage to build the kingdom far beyond these four walls. We get to hear stories from our online church family of salvation, of people finding Jesus through an online church service, through a sermon their friends sent them. We have people who have flown here and driven from far away that say, this is my family, I'm a part of the online family, and I wanted to be here in person. So many cool stories, thanks to technology. An online family, we love you, and we love that we get to do this together. And we also get to build the kingdom through social media. You guys know that I harp on social media a good amount. But when you choose to let God use something in your life, when you'll steward something like social media, he will use it to build his kingdom. And that's what we try to do with our social media. We have had 857,160 engagements with posts this year. We'll put sermon reels out there, just little clips, many bite-sized gospel messages to the world. Those are prayers. Our posts are prayers we're putting out there that people would encounter Jesus right as they're scrolling. And there were 549,133 views of sermon reels this year. 3,600 people started following our account. And the whole purpose of our account is to make heaven more crowded so people can know God, live on purpose, and go change the world. And we get to reach them in something like the phone that's in the palm of their hand. And a bunch of you leverage your social media influence to help share our story. And I wanna thank you if you share what we're doing here and the gospel message through this place because it's making an impact. We see it in the DMs we get from people far away. Say, man, I found Jesus through a clip that my friend sent me on Instagram. So thank you to all of you who use social media as a tool to build the kingdom. I wanna brag on Red Rocks worship real quick. Our church has been graced and blessed that we have a team that writes worship for the world. And in the history of Red Rocks worship, there have been over 200 million streams of our songs. The song Good Plans that came out in July has been streamed already over 11 million times. And what's cool about that are the stories we hear. There's people that have found this church that have found one of our locations in Colorado because of a song. I talked to a guy last night who was like, I found Red Rocks because of Echo Holy. We've also heard stories of people who were in their lowest moments, making drives to hospitals and trials and pain, and were able to turn on some worship music to hear about a good father who has good plans for them. That's possible because of the worship of this church. And I just wanna celebrate our Red Rocks worship team. Now I wanna tell you about my favorite people in this entire church, which of course is the amazing women at Our God Behind Bars Campus, the Murray Unit. I just got to go up there and preach, and let me tell you what, that's church there. Like they're into it. They'll shout me down, they'll amen. They're not playing a quiet game. It's a blast there because they're hungry. They don't take church for granted. And it was so much fun to see them again and hear the stories of what's happening. Every week is different with who gets released to come to a service. But on a Saturday right now, there's an average of 87 women coming to a Red Rocks Church service in the Lane Murray unit up in Gatesville. We have seen 81 women put their faith in Jesus this year in that prison. And here's what's happening in that prison. Revival is happening in that prison. I'm not just saying that. The warden just recently had an all-day prayer event opened the gates and the ladies of all over the prison were coming out and praying together, sharing stories and testimonies. I showed up 
And I thought, man, I gotta bring some fire to this place. And I just walked in there and I was like, no, they've already got a revival happening. Mackenzie's built a relationship with the warden that's growing and gonna give us more opportunities to do things in the prison because that's a home for us. That's a campus. I told the ladies, you're not a charity case to us. You're our campus. You're our church family. You're not kingdom spectators. You're kingdom builders. This is not your prison. This is your mission field. And there are some hungry women. That revival that's happening is gonna go as far as they take it. And we get to support them and be their church family, praying for them and showing up. Shout out to everybody on the God Behind Bars team that serves up there. What happens in here is for the sake of all the people outside of these walls, right? The church is the only organization that exists for its non-members. And so we love to go out into Austin and show people the love of Jesus. We love our city. We call a whole month, love our city. And this summer in July, we completed 12 projects thanks to 191 of you who served for 622 hours in our city while it was 622 degrees outside. And that, that month is a picture of what we get to do all through the year in serving the city of Austin. We completed 33 projects with 308 volunteers through amazing partners I'll tell you about in a little bit. Thank you to everybody who serves on our outreach teams. So that's a bunch of things we've been able to do. Let's talk money now. Let's talk money. I just told you about what's happening at God Behind Bars. Going into this year, we invested $20,000 into that ministry, into God Behind Bars to plant more churches and prisons and also so that we can operate our campus up there. We, this year, now we're committing $40,000 because we're gonna keep doing those things. But there's some projects that the warden wants to see happen in the prison for these ladies that the state won't fund, but guess who will? These guys, you. Really exciting things coming for God Behind Bars in the next year. You'll hear a lot more stories. This year, Benevolence, we gave $23,667.41 right to immediate needs in this church family, single moms, Families in emergency, people who feel like, man, I'm at the end of my rope. If I don't pay this bill, we're gonna get evicted and we get to come to them and say, hey, you got a loving church family that's got your back right now. We can help you. Sending people to counseling, all kinds of cool things, helping people right in moments of need, but also equipping them to fish. There's a whole lot of people who just never had somebody come alongside them and teach them how to budget, how to steward finances. That's why we do FPU and it's why we have amazing leaders in this church that'll sit down one-on-one with somebody and go, here's our goal that you never have to ask for money again because we're gonna help you to start thriving in your finances and find freedom in this area of your life. Another cool thing, we gave $21,000 to some other churches, some church plants this year. You could clap for that. I know everyone's like, should we do that? Is that bad for us though, if we're helping somebody else? Uh, Other churches are not our competition, they're our family. They're fellow kingdom builders and we love to invest into church plants. We need more churches in Austin. We need more churches in this world. Let's talk local outreach now. I wanna talk financially, but first tell you about our main partners that we work with. Our strategy with local outreach is not to recreate wheels, but to work with the really well-working wheels in this city that have their unique calling to build the kingdom tangibly, that are making generational impact citywide and beyond impact. And here's some of the organizations that we partner with, with volunteers and people, but with our finances as well and supporting them. Side by Side Kids is the only faith-based after-school program in the city working in schools all over, serving and mentoring kids in after-school programs with the gospel. The Refuge Ranch is an incredible home for teenage girls who've been rescued from sex trafficking, and they've been under attack for over a year. There's been a lot of attack on their ministry. We've had, had their back through it, and they're coming out the other side, and there are so many things that God has on the horizon for the Refuge Ranch. The Source is a network of high-quality, life-affirming women's health clinics across Texas, doing amazing work with crisis pregnancies, helping moms walking into motherhood, walking into adoption, offering counseling and groups for women who've walked through abortion. 
helping supply and serve single moms and young families in this city. Texas Baptist Children's Home, serving single moms and families in need in Austin. RBI Austin, mentoring kids through sports and Jesus. Mobile Loaves and Fishes, building lives in this amazing community of people who have come off the streets and have lives and jobs and community now. Austin Disaster Relief Network, meeting people in times of personal crisis and then catastrophic things like winter storms, fires, tornadoes, floods, and the city calls them when this stuff happens and goes, okay, what should we do? And what I love about them is they show up and people think their life's over, like everything's destroyed, it's, their life's capsized, and they get to show up and say, hey, the church in Austin has your back. We got you right now. We get to work with organizations like this, and in total this year, as a church, Red Rocks Austin, we gave away locally $204,090.14. Let's finish, finish with some global outreach. If you wanna know what our heart beats for when it comes to the world, our heart beats for the unreached. There are currently 7,418 unique, unique, distinct ethnic people groups with no access to the gospel. There's no Bible in their language. There's no church in their community. There's no believers. And we wanna reach them. A lot of these people, a lot of these people groups are unreached because they're hard to reach due to physical limitations and barriers and political barriers and limitations. The majority of these people groups are in Northern Africa, the Middle East, South and Southeast Asia in an area called the 1040 window. And so we get the chance to plant churches where there never been churches before through some of our partners. The problem when it comes to the unreached is 1.7% of global missions giving from the worldwide church goes to reaching the unreached. And so we put the lion's share, we wanna reverse that and put the lion's share of our giving to go plant churches and fuel the underground church in some of the hardest to reach places in this world. And we get to hear amazing stories. One of our partners is Black Box. I encourage you to go to their website, blackbox.earth. You can learn more about what they do and about the unreached. They're working in places like India, Somalia, Yemen, Libya, Syria, Iraq, Iran, Nepal, Laos, Afghanistan, North Korea, Bhutan. And we made an investment with them, with them last year and some of the things that have happened, one of those is that in the Himalayas, there's a people group who's never had scripture in their heart language. They've never had scripture in their own language. And we got to fund the translation, the project of translating the Gospel of Luke into their language. For the first time in history, they have scripture in their language. And the two main people who are part of that project together stayed and planted a church there, the first church in the history of this people group. And we got to help fund that. And there's another church plan in the Himalayas about to launch in another unreached people group that's now reached with the gospel. We get to uh, do some work in Afghanistan through them. Because of the rule of ISIS, it's very hard in general in Afghanistan, but particularly for women living under immense oppression. And so we support uh, a girls' school and a women's literacy program to help empower these women. And what's happening through this is they're meeting Jesus, the lifter of oppression. And we get to hear stories of these women who are getting baptized in secret, who are proclaiming their faith in Jesus, finding this treasure and going, this is it. This is what I've been lo looking for all my life. We're talking about people who are sneaking stuff into North Korea to help people living in abject poverty and hear the gospel. Some of you are like, can I go on a mission trip with somebody like our partners? I'm like, no, I can't send you to North Korea but we have some amazing people risking their lives, risking it all so that they can share the gospel in places in the world where they haven't heard it. We have some more things coming. In 2023, we've made a total investment of $77,500 with Black Box alone. And we're gonna continue to support women in displaced communities in Afghanistan. We're a part of a project that's about to dis, uh, translate discipleship material into Farsi, Arabic, Russian, and Armenian to spread discipleship materials to pastors and believers in all of these places in the 1040 window. 
You may not have heard, but there's been a conflict in Armenia. Armenia is this little tiny Christian nation in the middle of the Middle East, and there's some hostile governments around them that would love nothing more than to wipe them off the face of the map. Azerbaijan has recently been attacking Armenia, and a bunch of people have had to flee their homes. And so through our partners, we get to support people on the ground that are fleeing, that are like trying to survive right now. And we also get to support some pastors who are trying to keep pastoring and equipping their communities and helping them through this conflict right now. We have a film project in the works with these guys to tell the story of the unreached to the Western church that desperately needs to hear it. So many cool things happening with Black Box. We also get to invest a whole lot in specifically into the country of India. You hear us talk about India a lot. We invested $37,500 into a pastoral training center. That's our Red Rocks Austin Pastoral Training Center that we support through a partner of ours. And that what that means is every single year, 25 pastors are equipped and raised up and sent to go plant churches in communities and villages and people groups where there's never been a church before. And we are their sending church. We are the fuel for them to go and plant churches. We have a pastor named Timothy that we support in India. He's doing amazing work in the red light district. Uh, of caring for and sharing the gospel with women who are forced into sex slavery. And he's also helping rescue kids out of that red light destiny so they can live in a boy's home and a girl's home and go to school and be educated and know Jesus. And we've donated $22,500 to their ministry this year. We've also invested $20,000 with Hands of Mercy Ministries, another amazing organization that's planning churches and unreached people groups in Northern India while caring for the lowest of the low and the poorest of the poor in that country. A couple last fun things, and this is not all of the stuff. I, can't, I don't have time to share everything. Uh, Compassion International, our team up in Denver, partnered with them to plant a church in Columbia. And we said, hey, you guys don't get to do that alone. So we gave $20,000 to be a part of that project. And speaking of Compassion, our kids every uh, month, they support a little girl named Achatu in Burkina Faso through their tithes and offerings that help her to go to school and have food to eat. And you guys feel free to clap for our kids who are sacrificing for another kid. Yeah, the kids giving, that doesn't really get me. The diapers thing was funny though, I like that. Uh, one of the things I wanna put a little purpose to is we bring up sometimes some of you give on a recurring basis, like you've committed like just every month or paycheck or whatever that you just tithe and that's what you do. And I wanna thank you if you do that because that allows us to project the future uh, we're a nonprofit, and so this entire thing exists because people faithfully give and give offerings. It's like the craziest business plan ever, if God's not real. But for 2,000 years, believers have come together to fund the kingdom of God, and that's what happens here. Those of you that give on a recurring basis help us to know and say yes to things very quickly. There's times where churches, they, they have the heart for it, but the finances, they go, I don't know if we can do that right now, but we get to say yes to things very quickly at this church because of so many of you who faithfully give. Like when the earthquake happened in Turkey and Syria at the beginning of the year and we called World Relief that week and we said, here's $10,000 to care for people right away in the midst of this devastation. When this conflict in Israel and Palestine began and as it's been going, we've been able to give $30,000 to two organizations, World Relief and uh, Firm Israel, so that we can, through people on the ground, support communities in Israel that were attacked by Hamas terrorists and we can also help and serve Palestinian people who are having to flee their homes and have humanitarian needs and psychological needs through these organizations, we can be the church for these people. With all of that and so much more, as a whole, globally, just globally this year, we've given away $215,623.94. And you pull all of this together, 
This was 30 people in a community center five years ago. This year, in total, not the investment right here in the church and the ministries and things that are happening, but just, just money we've just given away this year. We have given away a total, as Red Rocks Austin, of $511,851.68. Over half a million dollars. There's so many stories that we get to be a part of. And one of the things we say a lot here is, and we're just getting started. 